Happy Mother's Day. I know we've already said that, but God bless you mothers. Um, the, probably not the best gift. The best gift I've, I could give you is just to go ahead and dismiss now. But <laughs> I'm going to try to keep this very brief and get you guys out to where you guys can uh, get to the dinner table and bless, bless the mamas. Um, my mom left so that she could go cook. That does not sound right. Uh, but we've got extended family coming in that she wanted to cook for. So uh, my sweet mom has just left the building and uh, is home cooking. Uh, moms are amazing. Bless you all. All right, let's dive in. And uh, we're, we're, we're st- still spending another week um, on the breastplate of righteousness. I want to just dive right in real quickly if we can. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. I want you to ask yourself just for a second, talk to yourself. Say, self, spirit, awaken. Awaken. I just do it to yourself now. I know y'all are kind of doing it with me, but spirit, awaken. Just slow your minds down. Open up your heart to the Holy Spirit. Recognize that we are going to be in God's Word, and He is trying to speak. He's not trying to speak. He is speaking. And that we would have ears to hear. Amen? That this time would be effective, that we would have ears to hear. I want to back up just for a second. When we're in worship... Awaken your spirit. I don't know if you noticed this morning, but we're kind of starting to dive a little deeper. That whole calling forth rain and then saying we receive your rain and this prophetic word. Last week we talked about tongues of fire and prophesy like it is done. This is not some game we're playing. We are calling forth the power and the presence of the Lord. This is not a game in church. This is real stuff. What we're battling here with the full armor of God and the enemies that come against God are real. And we've got to get, we've got to wake up. So I want to encourage you. Tell your spirit, wake up. Awaken spirit that I might receive from the word of the Lord, from the presence of the Lord, from the spirit of the Lord this morning. Amen? All right. Final word, be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Put on the full armor. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm (coughs) against all strategies of the devil. That seemed kind of funny that I started coughing as I'm trying to stand firm. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor, then you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after battle, you will be standing firm. I want to stop just a second. Therefore, because of what we're facing, put on every piece so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. There will be a time of evil. You will be able to resist the enemy if you are equipped with the full, everybody say full, full armor of God, not your favorite piece. Yeah, but pastor, I like the hat. I don't like the rest of it. Pastor, I like the shoes. I don't like the rest of it. Well, then you're not going to stand firm. You can dress any way you want. But in order to stand firm at the, uh, you'll be standing firm at the end as if we are equipped with the full armor. Amen. Thank you. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. Now, again, I'm kind of stuck here and I can't help it. I, I feel like that there's a couple in this. I, I don't think that one is, well, I kind of have a little bit of favorites. 
I kind of think some seem to be more important, maybe at least in where I'm walking right now. But it says to put them all on. So, but I believe that this, I believe that the belt of truth was vital to get us started. If we are not standing on truth, we are not standing on solid ground. We must be standing on truth, which is the Word of God, right? Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the Word. We put on the belt that kind of helps secure everything, keeps our pants up. Keeps our, we gird up our, our loins with the belt of truth so that we can run when the battle starts. But now we're on the breastplate of righteousness. Last, last time, not last week, but two weeks ago, we talked about the difference between man's righteousness and God's righteousness. Romans 10, verse, uh, the breastplate of righteousness. I have a cool little title. Let's keep on going. Romans 10, verse 3. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. Um, Do I have verse 4? Romans 10, 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Unfortunately, through our walk, so many times we try to approach God and approach the enemies of God with our righteousness. And we wind up getting bloodied and hurt and left on the battlefield to die. When we use our righteousness, it doesn't work. Our efforts to be a good person. Do you know that when we stand in God's presence and we offer Him our righteousness, we're going to be blown away. We're going to be blown away and be rejected because human righteousness does not attain the righteousness of God. And as Christians, when we use human righteousness to fight against Satan, we lose. We are not strong enough. It just said in Ephesians 6 that the enemies that we're fighting are strong. And if you remember from Deuteronomy, they're more than us. There's more of them and they're stronger. So I want to just talk a little bit about the, characteristic, the characteristics of God. And one of His characteristics is He is righteous. He is a righteous God. And when Christ died on the cross for us, He offers us His righteousness. But it says in Romans 3.24, it says that we are justified by His grace as a gift. Everybody say gift. You didn't earn it. It was given. The price that Jesus paid on the cross is a gift to us. We didn't earn that. The benefit of what happened on the cross, we didn't earn. It's a gift. It's a kind of righteousness that you and I have none of. We can't work for it. We can't earn it. We can't say, well, God, if you'll give me a little piece of that righteousness, 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 if you'll give me a little piece of that righteousness, I'll give you a little piece of mine. And God says, no, my righteousness is a gift. And that gift is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The gospel literally slaps us in the face when we're proud people because when we try to offer what we have to offer, it's unacceptable. 
Nothing I offer toward salvation is acceptable. The only thing that I offer toward salvation is my sin. I want you to think about that. I offer my sin. My contribution to salvation is my sin. <laughs> uh, if you're struggling here today and wondering whether or not that you can believe in Jesus or that you have assurance in Jesus, remember, it's a gift. It's not of your work. It's not of your works. Don't be impressed by what you've done. Don't think that what you've done impresses God. It doesn't. So what do we say about righteousness, about God's righteousness? That it's a gift and it is an unchangeable righteousness. You know, in Scripture it says that God never changes. And what's so awesome is that when I truly receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I begin to walk a life that shows that I believe in Jesus and I am following Him, I get the same righteousness that the people from the Bible got. The Apostle Paul, the righteousness that was placed on him, I get. The righteousness that was given to D.L. Moody, I get. The righteousness that was given to uh, Billy Graham, I get that same righteousness. The righteousness of Christ, when you receive Christ, is the same righteousness that the apostles received. You don't get some thrift store righteousness. You don't get it passed down and it's all used up and that's the one you get. Anybody ever buy used stuff? I do. <laughs> I'm not going to tell her what you just did. It's Mother's Day. Um, funny. It's not garage sale righteousness that was great at one time. You get the righteousness of Christ. Can anyone stop for just a second and allow your mind to be completely blown? What I receive today is as pure as what happened on the cross when it happened and the veil was torn and the earth was changed. I get equipped with the righteousness of Christ. I am immediately transformed into good standing with God. Truth be told, there are some people here in this church that have done some pretty terrible things. Maybe even criminal. And you're saying, how can I really believe on this Jesus? And what happens when I believe? Well, I want you to know you can. The Holy Spirit's working in your heart and urging you to give in. And it's, it's this process of you surrendering that when you really surrender, He equips you. He covers you in His righteousness. What never could have been made clean in your life, no matter what your past is, no matter how dark and nasty you think it is, it's completely covered. I become acceptable before God. 
and it's an unchangeable righteousness. And it, this righteousness is unaffected by the degree of my sin. I don't want to say, do you hear me? Do you hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, if you'll ask me, I'll forgive you. If you'll come to me, I will remove that burden from you. I hate to even move forward. Let him have it. How do we apply? How do we do this? How do we really practically apply the breastplate of righteousness? I want you to think about this breastplate right here, this breastplate that represents the breastplate of righteousness. And we talked about it when I was first introing this series. What does it protect? Ultimately, the main piece of our body, what does it protect? Our heart. It protects our heart. It says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. The only way you can protect your heart is through Jesus. There's no other way. Everywhere, every other way breaks it. People break it, circumstances break it, life breaks it. The only way to protect your heart is through the genuine, true love of Jesus. If you're in here today and you have a broken heart, it's probably almost impossible to understand. But I'm challenging you to try to let Jesus repair your heart, because He can. Pastor, you don't know what I've been through. No, I don't. But Jesus does. And He's in the heart repair business. And when He repairs your heart, He repairs your heart. He doesn't patch it. Have you ever patched a tire? Does it really fix it? Kind of, it'll hold air for a little while until it doesn't. Jesus repairs your heart. Not only does He repair it, He makes it the way it was supposed to be. You've been going around with that empty hole in your heart. Jesus just makes it whole. Whole in a way that you can't hardly understand. So when Paul says you have to put on the breastplate of righteousness... He's talking about applying this righteousness in a practical way. So how do we apply this righteousness? Anybody here realize that even when we receive the breastplate of righteousness, and the righteousness of Christ, we're still vulnerable to Satan? It's, it's kind of, it's a tough thing. We legally have the righteousness of Christ legally imputed to us. But you know what we can still do? We can still be rebellious. Anybody here ever been rebellious? Rebel against authority? Man, that's kind of my life story. 
All I've got to do sometimes is just hear the rule, and I kind of think I kind of want to break that rule. That rule doesn't apply to me. That applies to other people. I think that we all have a tendency to be rebellious. But we can. Let me give you an example. Suppose you're an American soldier and you happen to walk into enemy territory. You cross the boundary. Maybe you don't even know it. But in the process of crossing that boundary, you get captured. Now, you might get back, but it'll be a struggle, and you're going to learn about the nature of the enemy. You are going to go through experiences while you are captured, even though you're fully an American and free. At the time, though, you're not free, and you've got to fight to get free. How many of you know the struggles that you've got, you've got to fight your way out of them? This whole part right here is saying, look, you're going to have struggles, and here is how you win. Stop trying to win on your own. Win my way. It will work. You have the righteousness of Christ. Some examples. What, how is the way that we can be rebellious and we kind of don't realize we're kind of sneaking out from under what God's done, done in our lives? This is going to hurt. Presumptuous sin. What do you mean, presumptuous sin? Sins that we tolerate and sins that we sin and then think to ourselves, well, God will forgive me for that. I, I'm kind of teetering on greasy grace. That's really not what I'm preaching on today. But you know what? We're going to just go ahead and do it, and then we'll clean the mess up later. I, I know I'm preaching to the choir here. I can feel it. All of a sudden, the air just got sucked out of the room. You know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit trying to, trying to cl- clean you, trying to say, okay, now we're talking. Presumptuous sin. Well, God will forgive me anyway, so it doesn't really matter whether or not I sin because God is a, con- a forgiving God. If that's your approach, something has gone wrong. Something has gone wrong. But the Lord has given us a way that if we do sin, a way to come back. 1 John 1, 1.9, we talked about it last week. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, with presumptuous sin or with, with stuff that we're kind of allowing ourselves to live, live with, do you know that when we confess that and then those friends see us doing that again, we kind of feel bad? Have you ever noticed that whenever we talk about these presumptuous things and then we keep doing them, what happens? I think that we could teeter on guilt, but it's not guilt, it's conviction. The Lord's saying, hey, wait a minute, you've talked about this. We've talked about cleaning this up. Now you're still doing it. There's a difference between conviction and guilt. The Holy Spirit brings conviction to try to keep you from falling back into that snare. Guilt is brought on you to put pressure on you and stress to try to keep you snared up and to cover it up and don't tell anybody. But if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin. So there's my promise. I can sin and I can depend on God's forgiveness. But those sins that we kind of keep in the dark are going to keep us struggling. Until we bring them out into the light. Confession does that. So, how do we put this piece of armor on? I'm going to tell you just a couple steps. Number one is confession. 
Do you see this? Confess. It says in Scripture that Jesus is the high priest of our confession. Do you know that with no confession, no high priest? Jesus is the high priest of our confession. How many of you know a lot of times when you say things out loud, they lose its power? Confession. Confess it before God. Confess it before man. You know, if you go to the landfill, if you go out here to the landfill in Cookville, you're going to find a lot of flies and a lot of nastiness. But do you know, if you go and try to treat the flies, try to treat, have a bug killer come out and kill all the flies, they're just going to come back. What has to happen? You got to remove the trash. Quit trying to cover up this stuff and remove the trash. That's where confession comes in is by confession. Do you know that Satan tries to accuse you day and night? He accuses us before God day and night. Revelation 12 says that he accuses us before God day and night. Do you know what accusation goes after? Your heart. Tries to tell you you're not good enough, that God won't forgive it, that you shouldn't even go back and tell anybody about it. It brings guilt. Satan accuses. So, The other step after confession is when Satan brings accusation towards you, fire back at him and say, Satan, you don't know the half of it. I'm way worse than what you're saying. Way worse. That's that's not even, that doesn't hardly even touch the, you you know, the, the igloo, not the igloo, the iceberg, how much is below the water. Satan's just talking about a piece that's showing up. Oh, Satan, you have no idea. It's way worse but I have the righteousness of Christ. I have been made right before God, not based on anything I've done, anything I ever could do, nor is it based on my sin, Satan. It's based on Christ and my acceptance of Him. And even though, Satan, I have stumbled, I'm getting up, I'm going to confess that sin, and I'm going to walk forward. You can't have me any longer. A a statement I was taught as a child, I don't use it often, but I rebuke you, Satan, and I rebuke that thought, and I reject it, and I replace it. You know, it talks about binding on earth, and and binding things on earth, and binding things in heaven, and loosing things, I'm pointing in the wrong direction, loosing things on earth, and loosing things in heaven. In Jesus' name, I bind that self-loathing thought that is being placed in my mind, and I loose the righteousness and the power of Christ in me. I have the mind of Christ, and I can take every thought captive. That thought that's wanting to drive me crazy and put a wedge between me and my wife and me and my kids and me and my life, you cannot have it any longer. I have the righteousness of Christ. I probably look beat up, and I probably don't look great, but I will tell you, inside, God has forgiven me. And I need to start walking again. Do y'all know I got injured um, three months ago running? And I've had to take a break. It's been awful. But I will tell you, I think I'm about, about to be able to run again. Sometimes we need a break. Sometimes I am bloodied up and I'm hurting, and I need encouragement, and I need to encourage, and I need to not be isolated. I need to talk about it, and I need to get out and exercise in a different way. But just hold on. 
God wants to give me the desires of my heart. Did you know that? God wants to give you the desires of your heart. Hold on. Get equipped. Matthew 6.33, I'm going to close right here. This is an all-time verse for me. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. I don't want to be assuming on what all things are. If you'll back up in that scripture, I want to just tell you what those all things are. Chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6 talks about your money. Talks about your clothing. Talks about your food. Talks about tomorrow. Talks about worry. Talks about your needs. When we seek God first and His righteousness, not yours, His, He takes care of everything. When I get under Daddy's roof the right way, I've got toilet paper in the bathroom, I've got food in the fridge, the air conditioner set to 72 degrees, the doors are locked, the alarm is on, there's a fire in the fireplace with the popping of the wood. We're sitting around the table and conversing and having a good time. Now, there's still challenges. I still say something stupid and I get myself in trouble and I have to go repent and work myself out of it. But God's protecting me and He's got me. Okay, Paul, you just said something stupid. I got to wait for you to get out of that. Okay. What? Confess. Come back to me. Okay. All of a sudden... My internet's working again. It's a joke. Anybody's internet ever go down? Life can't hardly go on any longer. We were trying to watch the hockey game the other night, and I bet I had 10 people in the, in the house all on their iPhones streaming, and my TV wouldn't keep up. And I wanted to scream, shut your phones off, we're watching the game. Quit the downloading. This is the only thing that's important. Thank you. You know what God's saying? Would you please shut that stuff off and listen to me just for a second? I've got you. I love you. I've got you. Let me cover you, not based on anything you've ever done or ever will do or stuff in the past or whatever. I've got you. Let me cover you with my son. Let me cover you with my, my son's righteousness who was perfect, who is perfect. Let me cover you and remove those stains. You have a stain on your favorite shirt that you can't get out? God removes those stains. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. God has united you. God has united you with Jesus Christ. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy. And he freed us from sin. As we move on today from the breastplate of righteousness, receive. Receive what He's given you today. We sang a song, we receive your reign. Sometimes the hardest part's to receive. Anybody here have a hard time receiving gifts? Jesus has a gift for you. You just need to receive it. Receive forgiveness. Receive restoration. And believe it. Believe that your past is in the past. And your future is a future 
of hope. I mean, y'all stand up with me and let me pray for you. As you bow your heads just for a second, I just want to encourage you, don't go through the motions of life. Get free. It does come at a cost. You have to surrender. And you have to receive this gift. Let the Lord restore your heart. Let the Lord give you the ability to forgive another person. Father, in Jesus' name, I just, Lord, I just ask for a miracle over our hearts. That your word would penetrate what is impenetrable. That your word and your spirit would break through in this church, in us individually. And that we would genuinely receive your righteousness. Lord, I am so, my life has been so full of sin. And Lord, you just, you, you have shown me that you paid that price for me. Father, I don't want to continue sinning. I want to change. And I just ask you, Lord, to help me continue to be poured in, poured in with your word and with your spirit that I would be open to people to speak into my life and I would not reject correction. Lord, I reject correction so badly. Father, I just come clean with the temper and with bad attitude and I just ask you, I just ask you for forgiveness. And I want free and I want you to completely cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Church, this is me confessing in front of you. It's me confessing in front of God. I'm not playing some game. I'm not going to go hunt you down and say, hey, did you hear that? No. I desire for the Lord to work in my life and to get free of sin. Father, over this church, as the pastor of this church, I just proclaim freedom from sin over this body and that we would receive your word and your spirit and that any hindrance would be removed out of our marriages, out of our relationships with our children, out of, un, out of our unforgiveness that we may be holding, that you would bring that forth and that we would get free of it. And that, Lord, we would genuinely walk in freedom. And that as we seek you first in your kingdom, that you would make everything else, you would meet all of our needs. Thank you, Lord. If you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, right now, out of your own mouth, just say, Jesus, I receive you as Lord. Forgive me of my sin. It says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that He was raised from the dead, you will be saved. But you've got to confess and you've got to believe. Right now, right where you sit, confess. Jesus is Lord. I just thank you, Lord. Just praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen.